Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And glad to be back in the studio again this week with Melissa Ocean of Divorce Strategies Group. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's a long time in the making. Yes. We've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> a long time. A long time. So we've got a subject that I don't know if anyone's going to consider exciting, but it is certainly important for the people that we serve. Um, let's first describe what it is you do. Yeah, so I'm a divorce financial analyst, and we'll abbreviate that for this purposes of a CDFA. And in addition, I'm a math. I'm a master analyst in financial forensics. And what happened is there was probably 20 years ago, individuals would come to me in my investment firm, and they would want to know like what I could do to help them with their divorce proceeds. And what I found was that either they hadn't got enough support, you know, an alimony to support their lifestyle afterwards, or maybe the assets they had gotten probably weren't the best assets for them to manage post-divorce or have the proper cost basis. So I just decided it was time for me to get certified in that and maybe get involved during the process of the divorce. Because as you know, you can do it after the divorce and help them and assist, or you can choose to be engaged during that process. And I really felt like I could add value to clients if I was able to help do that during the divorce. Sure. So sure. got certified to do that. So just for the listeners, um, many of them know that, that, that I have the same certification. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've taken it and really specialized and focused and, and I use it as needed. Yes. But I think you hit on a really valuable point is one asset is not the same as another asset. Right. So a house versus an IRA versus a trust account they are not equal. If they each have a market value of a million dollars, it doesn't make them equal. You exactly. and I know, right? Yes. For sure. Yes. There's tax consequences. Um, uh, there is ownership consequences. So liquidity consequences. So I think that all needs to be factored right. in. And sometimes it's deciding what asset is best for you to manage. For example, if, if someone has a spouse that's uh, an individual business owner, he or she may not want to be involved in that business afterwards because then you become a minority owner and you really don't have any say in the day-to-day operations. And there's a lot of ways, you know, and I know to funnel money out for different things that will make the business less profitable. So I don't normally advise that. And it's probably a good time to just mention that normally I'm working alongside of a business valuator as well. So Mm. that's really important, I think, to define. I'm not a business valuator. Sure. But what I am helping to do and probably you know this even in your experience in your practice is that some of this is just being able to give them a vision and understanding of all the assets of what they do have whether it's stock options and how that's going to be treated you know post-divorce but understanding and really listing out the assets is a vital role I believe we play as advisors to help them this is this is what the list is because a lot of times somebody's used to spending that money Maybe the other one's out earning it all day, but there's not necessarily those conversations that have been had about an overall net worth statement. And I really think that's important because when you get educated, 
you know, you know that's empowerment. And right. that's the whole goal here is just to be able to make educated decisions. Oh, of course. And I think in every couple, you probably come across it too. There is in, in our world, the terminology is there's the financial spouse. Yes. And then there's a non-financial yes. spouse. Yes. It's very un, um, un uh, not very frequently, lost my words, where both uh, spouses are like 100% in the finance, budgeting together. It's, it's just for whatever reason doesn't happen. Yeah, and for me, I've termed that non-moneyed spouse, meaning that they're not really in, they're not really the one handling the day-to-day finances or the overall assets. So yeah. I'm primarily hired by and I'm working with that non-moneyed spouse yeah. that really needs that education to make informative decisions for them and for their children going forward. Right. Yeah. And there's things, and we'll get into that, I think that's probably... I think the financial stuff is very important on what we do, but the non-financial and working with these spouses is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions that we manage throughout the day as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how about, a little about your story. What got you into what you're doing and where you are today? Oh, that's so interesting. Well, I've been in the um, financial industry and I've been an advisor for over 30 years now, and that was just a fluke. I was selling cellular phones, and next thing I know, someone said, hey, you would be really great at this. You should try this. <laughs> I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> but I found I was very passionate about helping people to understand, and I say a lot to my, especially my women clients that have never had to really work or be on their own. Um, I, I, I just remember saying, like, I didn't even know what a, I was coming home, and it was like, hey, I might get this job at the time is prudential-based securities. I'm like, I don't even know what securities means. <laughs> and so I say to my clients, like, if I can learn what difference is between a stock and bond, so can you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just been a series of years of working through that. And then I really refined it in this divorce practice. And that is primarily uh, my, my passion is to really help individuals go through transition. And a lot of times it's women in transition, whether it's through death or divorce, we really don't always take the time to learn about the finances until we're in a position where we have to. And so for me, um, I kind of got thrown into this myself because I was at an age where I was supporting myself and on my own. And and then I found myself, uh, probably it'll, it'll be nine years in July, in the situation of being basically my own client. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Going through my own divorce. Yeah. So. You know, and I went through that experience of being a single mom, which I hadn't done because I had come out of a 25-year marriage. And so it's really been, it's something I've been able to relate to my clients on a different level than I did before. And I understand the fear that surrounds that. And it really, truly doesn't matter what your net worth is. I think there's always that that concern of whether you're going to be okay. And it brings about a lot of questions. And so for me, I've really appreciated that I've been able to um, to learn from my clients and be able to, to help them as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's as been you're, a journey. <clears throat> as you're I'm talking about that, I'm thinking about journey, and there's nothing better than experience <laughs> to learn from. <laughs> it's a right? lesson. Because I've, I've been through the same experience that yes. you have, and that have launched my, that yeah. little part of my practice and my certification. Yeah. And I think the experience helps with the education and helps to translate and communicate and identify with. And have empathy for. I was just going to say I'm very empathic, <clears throat> and I have a lot of people in my, you know, practice that are as well when they come in to see me, and you know, so feeling everyone else's pain and going through that myself, it's made it um, probably even a deeper purpose for me. 
And I've realized it doesn't just stop at divorce. You know, I've had clients where they just randomly have just lost their spouses. And, to, you know, just health reasons, something's happened. And so it's getting through that trauma and realizing that this isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Right. And that's been really powerful. Um, honestly, for me, you know, I practice in the Vegas market, but I also have a space in Santa Barbara, but it's allowed me to do things that I never would have done before if I was still married, like riding horses, <laughs> you know, and enjoying <laughs> the things I love to enjoy yeah. Yeah. and probably having vehicles and things I wouldn't have had before <laughs> if I had stayed in a marriage. <laughs> but so there is other things and girl trips and wonderful things that are just life's blessings that come along that you don't really yeah. realize are there until you've gone through this change and yeah. have time that opens up for you to take care of yourself. So. You know, some th- the plan we can't always plan our future or no. what there's that there's some adage right mm-hmm. like when you make plans and then life laughs at, life yes. laughs at you yes. or something along those exactly. lines exactly yes. um let's speak for a minute of cd cdfa versus attorney you've mm-hmm. probably had the same sort of um questions that i've had from clients that some of them tend to be more legal and and so I'll let you describe the difference between the two and when one should come in. Yeah, I really think looking at, understanding that an attorney is hired to be your advocator. And that doesn't always mean that they're going to tell you what you want to hear. I think as an individual that works in the finance, I'm a lot more practical to say, well, that's really great. You might want that, but that doesn't really, this is how this is going to feel to you. Let's talk about how you're going to feel post-divorce if you take this asset on. (laughs) And do you really want to be tied to this experience? So I think knowing that for us as advisors, we're, as a CDFA, I'm really there to to work off of the um, the documents that I receive, the source documents, I'm there to look at them. They tell a story. I love to tell that story. Yeah. I can follow things through. And we've had some interesting conversations over waste, you know, where mm. um, husband's out buying purses, shoes, whatever, trips with a new girlfriend, and that's all over her Instagram account. You know, so there's little <laughs> things like that that happen, right? Yeah. But, you know, the attorney won't can't necessarily do anything about that. We there as a CDFA, I will I can start to look at credit cards and I can start to analyze that for the waste. And then I can also kind of hold the hand of the client and just yeah. say, look, let me do this. You don't need to see it. We'll talk about the number in the end and we'll decide how we want to proceed forward with that. But I think it's really important to differentiate the two because an attorney can really focus on the legal aspects of the case and drive that forward, whether it's filing motions, you know, whether it's for um, temporary support, whether it's just making sure that there's a JPI in place, a joint preliminary injunction, so that no one is spending money that's not without permission from both parties. Even filing tax returns, it's a big season, right, where you're signing tax returns and you need to have people review. But I think having an attorney driving forward the legal process while we're looking at the financial and organizing the financial data, it's so much more cost efficient. And it's really helpful to the attorney because I believe we really make them shine you know, because we're able to um, bring all these numbers in a condensed version to them. And I can't tell you how many attorneys have said, look, I went to law school because I never wanted to do anything <laughs> in the numbers. finance industry yeah. in numbers. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good right? combination. Yes, yeah. good combination. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I, th- I know it comes up sometime, who do I hire first? Do I hire an attorney first or engage an attorney? Do I engage a CDFA? How do you um, usually, what do you usually recommend? 
Well, I certainly get a lot of clients that come from attorneys that are referring to me because they want to retain me first. But I actually think if you can in your own market, um, and we're not limited really to markets either, but if you want to do that, I think looking for a CDFA, um, and I think it's just institutecdfa.org or something. But if you just if can find who that person is in your community, I think having a conversation with them, most of us have really big hearts <laughs> if we're willing to listen to this kind of stuff all yeah, day and to go yeah. through these and be in the trenches. We, I think we have a really good handle on the attorneys and the personalities. And if we get to know you, we can say, you know, this guy's going to be more detailed. This is going to be better for you, but this yeah. person's going to be a little hands off and you might want it to be different than that. I feel like I have a really good you know, idea of who's going to match up with my, and sometimes getting to that person first really makes a difference in how the case goes. It's not this constant, well, I didn't hear from him, I didn't this or that. It, when you can align a client with an attorney, I think that's a win for everybody. Right. Um, so my preference would be is you reach out to us first because we can help you with that. And then also you have to be careful because we also are there to help educate you. Like, don't go out in conflict. Every attorney out in town that's the best attorney because inside the community, in our family law community, we know which attorney is going to be a great mediator for our case. So we wouldn't want you to conflict that person out because we might want him to mediate yeah. both sides instead yeah. of going to court. So. A lot of know, reasons like that. I know it's a common thing to go out and conflict the attorneys, but yes. I mean, there's reasons not to. There is. And I think just talking to a CDFA, you can just be educated. Again, yeah. start learning how to empower yourself. And I think part of that is just, you know, again, speak to somebody and talk to a CDFA and then yeah. talk to an attorney. I mean, that's the preference for mm -hmm. those reasons. So um, pre-divorce, so someone engages you, what is, what is your process with them? Yeah. So... I feel like I'm a quarterback in the team. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do, it's very similar to, I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And it's like taking you through that process. The first thing is, what is my scope of work? I want to talk to that attorney and I want to see what is in his mind of what he wants me to do. And for example, I'm hired oftentimes to do a lifestyle analysis. So I'm literally going to go back and I'll generally take a year, but the attorney may want two or three years, especially with COVID, it's thrown a lot of things off, right? Because that wasn't a normal Not year normal. for spending. Yeah. And so for me, I like to find out what my scope of work is gonna be, what time period are we gonna be doing analysis on for the expenses, and at the same time, I'm gonna be gathering documents for all of the assets and the liabilities and really putting in a strong net worth or balance sheet together. Um, in doing that, I'm working with that client to educate them along the way. But so having that scope of work defined, gathering the documents, I'm going to then do the analysis. I like to do my lifestyle analysis with the client and work with them over a series of appointments because, frankly, nobody can do more than two hours of time <laughs> at this. I mean, even we start to go yeah, enough that's already. Even a long time. Well, because you really need to go through and see what is expenses for the children and what is expenses for the mother or the father yeah. so that we're not attributing additional expenses for support for that. Um, so when we go through that process, you know, it's it's – it's breaking that down so we can then meet with the attorney and I believe that becomes a lot more cost efficient because for most most cases you know we're going to be able to look at the financial things and we organize it we put it in Dropbox then they we send that so that the attorney has access to it they can gather what they need out to because they're going to have requirements with the court systems for discovery 
it's just really us helping to organize the case and then we go through that and eventually we'll end up in some kind of negotiations whether it's mediation um we try not to i've only had a couple cases have to go to court because i really take the stance of the early part if we prepare like we're going to trial then we won't have to yeah and so that's helpful yeah yeah you ever are you ever called as a witness or expert witness? I have, or? and I've had to do it a couple different times. I get subpoenaed all the time, and that's usually because we're in that process of discovery, and I may have yeah. to get deposed, and that's happened as well. But for the most part, we try to schedule some time where we can just get around the table and talk about what that's gonna, what yeah. is a better settlement, and how can we do that without going to court and having a you know expense that's gonna be tied to that. Yeah, save that for the community. Sure, sure. And then you're kind of the process post-divorce. Um, do you kind of change hats into your CFP or is there still CDFA work that you're doing? At post? Yeah, so this is really important to me not to muddy those waters because as an expert, I don't, I really don't give clients advice on post-divorce investing or anything specific. I can talk in broad terms and we absolutely, I educate them on um on withdrawal rates and what I feel is a comfortable withdrawal yeah. rate, four to five percent, as sure. you know, yeah. on a portfolio to make it sustainable for 30 years. And I'm really looking for that commitment to that from them post-divorce. So if we've done the lifestyle analysis, we've detailed out the expenses, I'm at a point post-divorce where I want a commitment of you're going to work with me, then we're going to adhere to a spending policy. Now, if there's enough assets and that doesn't come into play, fine. But for most people, you really do still need to have that. And then it really works going into implementation phase. How are we going to manage this money most conservatively based on your spending policy and then what amount of risk do we have to take in a portfolio? So all that starts to play in, but it's absolutely still a team yeah. afterwards yeah. even as well. Yeah. I know that you and I both have spent some time in more behavioral finance and you know what's it's beyond the money, it's, it's the feelings and so forth. Um, talk to me a bit about that, about how you're working with your clients in that regard? Yeah, so there's always that emotional attachment, right, to the family home for especially always for a the woman. Home. Oh my gosh, we've put our whole life into this. Yes. It's been our career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, we do talk a lot about, and if I see a client that's really spending an enormous amount on clothing or travel or trips, and it's just a little out of line from what was normally being done, I want to go deeper. I want to sit down and I want to sit face to face and I want to talk about why. Yeah. What is this replacing for you? What hole do you have in your heart that you're trying to <laughs> fill with this retail therapy? Because <laughs> while it's okay right now, it's not yeah. going to be sustainable. Yeah. And so we talk about why, you know, what is going on and what could we do differently with that? What are you missing that, you know, maybe you could start to think about what really does fill me in life and is it really that, that short term, you know, fix from, uh, going out and buying that new toy, <laughs> or but but you know, what is it really about, and what do yeah. you really want life to look like, and how yeah. can you create your future of of your best life, and right. what does that start to look like versus the way you've lived in a because sometimes in a marriage we're numbing ourselves for the lack of love or pain or whatever, yeah. just unhappy, yeah. right. and now we're after that, and that's to me where that behavioral part comes in. Yeah. We've got to really have those conversations. Like visualizing your best life. Like, yes. what does that look like? Yes. What is the next 
I know it's cliche, in the next five, 10, 20 yeah. years, what, like what's your... And you know, isn't that really hard when you were getting divorced? Did you feel like oh. five years? If you asked me what I want, I feel like, can we just figure out like how I can be in the next five days? Because uh, five I can't hours. think past, yeah. right? Like <laughs> yeah. I just want to get the kids fed and get yeah. everybody to bed and collapse, yeah. right? So... I think it's I think it's hard initially. You know, the front level part of the brain shuts down during divorce, and there's a lot of skills that we normally would have we don't. So I think you have to at least be six months out to start getting real about longer term planning. But I I think as we as we think about what we want that to look like, I think it starts with waking up in the morning and just saying, what do I want to do for me today? Mm-hmm. And I I know for me I did that for weeks. Yeah. I didn't even know. Because I was so used to taking care of everybody else, <laughs> I really didn't have an understanding. And you know, that's where we get into loving ourselves, not needing to be having everything externally, and how we start to fulfill our own lives and our own souls, so that we're not constantly seeking that ex- outside of ourselves. Sure. Yeah. So. And that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, it's a process. I'm yeah. still in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's ever gonna end. <laughs> Sometimes you have to just pivot, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and I'm learning that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, everyone loves a good story. So do you have a good, have... <laughs> like, breakup crazy story? I just had something that was just really funny to me. I had this woman, and she was just, her husband had cheated on her, and she was just had had it. And she had a really great sense of humor. And I just remember her coming in one day, and she said to me, I did it. And I said, what? What did you do? And she says, I just did it. She says, I'm still laughing about it. And I said, okay, well, what did you do? And she said, well, you know, how he's always worried about his hair falling out. She said, I replaced his shampoo with Nair. She said, so every time he shampoos, she's like, it's going to just keep coming out. And I thought that was like, it was just, it's so funny to me. (laughs) Women are like, this is the way we're going to give back, right? (laughs) It's going to be the thing you love the most, your hair. (laughs) No. Speaking to you, yeah, this is, you're talking your to the shock. wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> your face is like, wow, that would that be the would worst be thing the ever. Worst thing. It was really just, it was really funny, but yeah. And you know, there's and she a, can't she can't go to jail for that or anything, right? No, That's nothing. <laughs> it's so. And I just sat and laughed with her, and I said, all right, I got it, you know. But she felt so much lighter because of it. How was I going to condemn her for it? It was just really funny. She's like, yeah, he'll be complaining about his hair falling out for a while now because I changed out his shampoo. <laughs> so what's what's both funny and painful about that is in um, <laughs> in junior high when I was in the band, and I also hair was very important to me back then. <laughs> And we did a road trip, and there was a rumor, like on the buses, that that they were going to do that in my in my shampoo. I didn't wash my hair for the whole time I was gone, just in case. And now you travel with dry shampoo, right? Bring my own stuff all the time. It never leaves my side. (laughs) Isn't it funny though? I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Anyways, I um I don't know if I can get past that story. Let me go. Let's move on. Um, so what are some things that you do for yourself, like to grow like spiritually, mentally get, cause you've been through that same quote unquote trauma and you yeah. are now supporting yourself, yourself yeah, and yeah. your child. So what do you do? There was, um, I felt like after my divorce, it was time for me to quiet my own mind. And that was scary, right? Cause now for the first time I had to really slow down and I had to really go inside and think about 
what I wanted out of life. And I found a place called the Monroe Institute, and they had meditation retreats at the time uh, in Montecito in Santa Barbara, and I would go for a week at a time. And that really, that was life-changing for me. And I met a lot of friends there that I still have. And I just found that anything that I can do that's going to nurture and fill me up again, you know, because, you know, I think after being married for 25 years, you feel really depleted with whether it's children, you know, husbands, sure. businesses. So so that was something that I started to do. I also um, have discovered my love for horses again, and I have this sweet horse Gucci that was Gus when he came to me. <laughs> But of I said I can't ride, and I said I can't ride a Gus, but I can ride a Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> and he rose to the occasion. Yeah. So um, that's been really special for me, yeah. you know. And then what I've what I've found is that when you do the things you love, um, I was fortunate enough to go on a girls' trip to Kona last weekend, and we rode horses in the mountains of, of big, the Big Island, wow. and I have never done that, and the tall grasses with no pass, and yeah. it was very similar to life, right? Yeah. I didn't have to stay on that beaten path, <laughs> and I could travel around and see the ocean and the grass, and um, and so I think that when we follow our heart and our own passions, we are then around other people that have similar ones, and I think that just really enriches life. I think that we as women, in my opinion, bring the richness to life. So I think it's important for us to um, find our own richness yeah. so that we can share that with our children, our young adults, and empower and encourage them to yeah. do the same. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, what would you say, this is always my final thought question, what would you say is your ultimate lesson learned as your time as a financial advisor slash CDFA? Yeah, um, I feel like transition, divorce, they don't define you, they just refine you. And I think that's really important. It, it's not the end. So being divorced, losing a spouse, that doesn't, gonna, that doesn't define you as a yeah. person. It just refines you. You get to find more of yourself as you go through that journey. And I wish I could, and I say to people all the time, you don't realize it, but you've just been given the most beautiful gift in your life, and I can't wait to watch you unwrap it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because it doesn't feel like it at the moment. It doesn't feel like it, right? <laughs> but as they unwrap it, I see them, and I see the the transition and the metamorphosis of who their soul, who they become. Yeah, two three years out. So just don't. It doesn't define you. Don't let it define you. Yeah. Let that refine you as it's going to, and become that person that you're always meant to be. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. I'm going to take that wine. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Yeah. You can. Spread the word. <laughs> Spread, the word. <laughs> Spread the love. Spread the love. Um, how can people reach you? Um, I'm practicing in the Vegas, uh, Las Vegas office. So it's Divorce Strategies Group, and it's just www.melissaa.net is my website, and my phone number is 702 851 Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming into the studio, making the long trip from <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> um, and thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's okay. my pleasure to be here. Of Share course. the time with you. Thank of you.
And thanks for everyone who has tuned in. We look forward to being back in studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value.